Schwenk, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, we have a really good episode today. Actually, Pat's going to be interviewing a friend of mine. I've known her online for a very, very long time. And you know what I appreciate about Lisa Whittle? She preaches the truth. I mean, I just, she, what she teaches, on, like when she shares online, it is, it is always hitting home with me. I just absolutely love her. This, great. this is going to be a really good conversation. She's got a brand new book out, which we're going to be talking about, um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the interview in our conversation called The Hard Good, which I love, you know, yeah. hard and good don't typically go together. And so her brand new book is called The Hard Good, showing up for God to work in you when you want to shut down. I love that mm-hmm. phrase, shut down, because boy, how appropriate. Yeah. It, just, it seems like there's so many people you talk to right now and I, I have felt this way it's like oh I just want to shut down I'm tired right. of social media I'm tired you know just whatever yeah and so I just love that subtitle and the title of the book and so I think our our conversation is going to be a great mm, encouragement it's going to be really good because there's so much that people are going through yeah. all the time so many of us so many of us face so many different circumstances and the tendency like she says is to just shut down just to run away um, but what if we thought in a different way? So I think this is going to be a really great conversation. Let me tell you a little bit about Lisa. Lisa Whittle is the author of eight books and her wit and bold bottom line approach. That's what I was trying to say. Bold <laughs> bottom line approach. It's so true. I love her. I've made her a sought after Bible teacher. She is also the creator of a companion video Bible study for Jesus over everything A pastor's daughter and longtime ministry leader in issues relevant to the church, Lisa is the founder of Ministry Strong and the popular Jesus Over Everything podcast, which she also calls Joe, which is so cool. I love that. Which debuted in the top 25 of Christian podcasts. Her love runs deep to see people pursue Jesus for life, grow deep roots of faith, and walk strong in the midst of a world that so often seems to have gone crazy. Lisa has done master's work in marriage and family counseling, advocated for Compassion International, and has been featured on numerous media outlets throughout the years. She and her family live in North Carolina. And let me just tell you, friend, you want to follow her. She is in a, in a, she is on Instagram at Lisa Whittle, L-I-S-A-W-H-I-T-T-L-E. So this is going to be good. Let's get this conversation started. Well, welcome again to Root Like Faith. My guest today is Lisa Whittle, and she is the author of a brand new book called The Hard Good. And we're going to be talking about that book uh, a little bit today. And so unfortunately, we lost about the first eight or nine minutes of our conversation. It's never happened before. And so I want to kind of briefly uh, bring you up to speed as to where we're at in the conversation. And then you'll hear uh, really her response uh, to one of the questions I have just asked. So we were about eight, nine minutes into our conversation. And Lisa and I were talking a little bit about what it's like to grow up as a PK, as a pastor's kid. And we were uh, talking about uh, the loss of her father, which she shares that story uh, in the opening chapter of the book. And we were just talking about uh, hard stuff in general and just life and what God wants to do. And uh, we were talking a little bit about Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, where Paul says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And we're just talking about this idea that that so many of us, we, we try to escape the hard or we, we just endure it. But there's this 
part of the spiritual journey where we begin to really em- embrace it. Uh, we may not prefer it, we may not like it, but we, we embrace and accept that, that God is asking us uh, to walk through something difficult and, and opening ourselves up to what it is that, that he wants to do in us and through us. And so we, we've really been talking about that theme. And so I'm going to turn it over to Lisa. You're going to hear uh, her response uh, to a question where we're talking about how does someone begin to embrace the hard or accept it, even if they don't prefer it or like it. And so praying that this uh, conversation is a great encouragement to you, regardless of what you're walking through today. Say as we look at somebody with this con- with this perspective and we say, I don't know how they're how they're still getting around with all that that they're going through. But but in so many of these cases, it is because they have experienced God changing them in such a way that that they that they are operating with this with this sort of perspective that that others of us might not have because we just haven't sat through that transformational right. process with God. Yep. So it really is it, rather than saying like I, I I appreciate the embrace suffering, but I don't really want to do that. I want you to know that there's something in that for you. Like God doesn't, God didn't create this setup so that you would lose. God created it so that there would be this beautiful benefit to your life, so that you could get through this, and so that you could not only get through this, but experience beauty even in the midst of hard. And that that's that's not just made up. That's a promise. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, that, that idea of embracing is, is um, on the surface, it sounds like enduring, but embracing, I think of, of you know, a husband who embraces his wife. Um, there, there's a receiving um, that, that God is, you know, I think in suffering and hard stuff, we oftentimes do feel like all God is doing is taking. And, and yet when we embrace what he has for us, when we open our heart to, to what he is asking us to walk through. We're really, really opening our heart to who he is. He gives us his very presence, um, that, that we experience the the grace uh, of God and we experience a new intimacy, you know, with him. And I think that's what Paul's talking about, you know, again, in Philippians three, when he talks about, I want to know Christ, not just in the power of his resurrection, but I want to share in his suffering, uh, because there is, there, there's a, there's an intimacy that we can only know, I think, um, in the hard or, or in the, in the suffering, and uh, that that sounds like such a um, a strange thing, uh, especially given the values of our culture. Um, but but there is an intimacy that I think comes um, with knowing Christ and His suffering, walking with Him, embracing what He has for us. And um, and so it is. Um, I think the more honest we are, um, the more intimate that that relationship you know becomes. Uh, I love what you say uh, towards the beginning of the book. You know how we just need to redefine good. That part of that challenge, uh, if, of um, you know, seeing the good in in the hard stuff, is redefining what we what we think good is. You, you say it this way: if you truly want to be spiritually transformed, you have to redefine good. Um, unpack that a little bit more. I know we've sort of already touched on it, but unpack that a little bit more. Well, it just became abundantly clear to me that because of the loud voice of culture, we don't we don't really even know what good is anymore. And the reason this is really important is because first of all if we're going to talk about hard good we're going to have to know what what that end is because if right. if, if if we buy into culture's idea of good right then then what we're buying into is this idea that we can create our own good life 
that, um, you know, we can have good on our own and, you know, that, that, that good is just sort of mustered up, planned out, um, you know, packaged, sold, all of this. And what happens then is, and what has happened and happening with that definition is one, we just completely discount the need for God in any, in any of it. (laughs) And then also we, we then look around and we look at somebody else's life and we, we say, well, they have a better life than we do. I must've done something wrong. So we spend our entire life uh, in a life of comparison, in a life of feeling completely inadequate, feeling like we missed the instructions on how to have a good life. And so we, we don't even, and, and then we really misunderstand what heart, what the point in heart is. So we just avoid hard because if, if, if hard is the conduit for that, then, then we don't want it. Cause that's actually going to be pretty empty in the end. Yeah. So it's really important for me to define for people, you know, here's where you're actually going and here's what the actual point is. Good is according to the word. First of all, and we've already talked about it. God is good and in his very nature. So anything, anything, any process, any moment, any difficulty that that takes you to the actual sustenance for your life, the the thing that will keep you going, that will keep you breathing, that will keep you upright is going to be good for you. Anything that moves you in that actual direction instead of away from that. So that's part of it. It's, it's also growth because what happens is we we want the season life because we understand that the season life is what gives us the ability to endure the next hard thing that we can't see around the corner. We just don't want the seasoning that comes with it. And that's not possible. So the growth process is good because it gives you the seasoned life. Um, and the good life is a good that is a life that is kingdom usable. It is not a life of comfort and ease, though we want that in the, in the moment. But when you look back to the end of your life, when you, when, if you've ever been with someone at the end of their life, if you've ever been with someone who, who's actually had it all wealth wise, uh, homes, cars, uh, anything they could have ever wanted. The overwhelming testimony is the only thing that matters is God. Yeah. The only thing that matters yeah. is Jesus. Uh, and we've heard that testimony over and over again. And I can just tell you after a while, we just probably should believe it. Right. right. So the, the, the good is the life that is usable for the kingdom of God. You know, I had someone ask me the other day, they said, you know, how do people get the life that they really want? And I said, you know, I don't know if this is going to be the answer that you want. Right. I, Cause I, I sense this is sort of like a, give me a three-step formula right. for, you know, that, that real, that, uh, that successful achievement. I, I'm going to tell you the life that you really want is the life that at the end of the day, you have served Jesus with yeah. everything you have yeah. because I've tried life multiple ways and I can tell you that the most fulfilling and beautiful moment is when I lay my head on the pillow at night and I know 
that I have served the kingdom of God because I know that I've made uh, I've made deposits into something that is lasting yeah. versus deposits of things that won't matter tomorrow potentially. Yeah. And so, you know, that that's really important. And, and, and if we look at, if we understand good to be what it actually is, then hard seems more important and seems more, we seem more willing to be able to endure it. Yeah. Well, there's, when you were talking, it, it reminded me of a quote from, you know, Thomas Akempis, his book, um, Imitation of Christ. There's a great line that has always stuck with me where he says that at some point uh, you'll be separated from everyone and everything but Christ. And I just thought, boy, that is that is such a powerful statement. It's exactly what you're talking about, um, that all of the, the the stuff that we have, the the friendships, the um, I mean, every, all of that means nothing um, on the, the day when we take our last breath and enter into eternity. What matters most is whether we know Christ and are known by him and whether we've served him in his kingdom. And, um, and so I think, you know, what you are, t- is just, yeah, very, very well said. Uh, I know in the book you talk about, um, you know, you kind of talk about, um, I think 10, if I'm remembering right, uh, 10 different, um, you know, things that are, um, you know, hard, but good circumstances. Um, and, and you kind of touch on each of those and you sort of set up the, the, the hard and then the good that God can bring out of it. I want to highlight just a couple of them real quickly. Obviously, we don't have time to go through all of them, but but each of them are excellent. But one of the ones that you mentioned of those 10 hard, good circumstances are accepting things you wish were different. So explain that for a minute. What, what do you mean by that? And, and what is the good that God brings out of that, that hard circumstance? Uh, accepting something that you wish for something different is hugely important. Uh, I, I would say universally, that is a difficult thing for, I, I, I don't know that I've met anybody that doesn't struggle with that. Yeah. Uh, and that's why it needed to go in chapter one. That's right. why we needed to talk about it early. It's something that's certainly been difficult for me. Um, I, I think what's happened with a lot of us is that we either live in a place of denial that something is true uh, because we feel like that if, if we deny that it's true and somehow we can uh, prolong the reality of it. Um, I think there's also uh, in a, different personalities deal with this in different ways. Uh, if we even push back on it in some other personalities, we can um, resist the idea. But the, the, the thing is for all of us, it's, it's a measure of, of sort of our way to he, try to humanly control something that we right. didn't prefer. Yep. And I felt like it was super important to, to make a couple of distinctions. First of all, to let people know that preference and acceptance are two different things. You know, you can, you can go your whole life and not prefer something that happened not prefer something that even that you were born with. Um, I think it's, I think to make that demand of ourselves to say, you've got to prefer every circumstance that you were born with or every right. circumstance that's happened to you. I think that's a very high demand that we make of ourselves. And I don't actually think it's fair because not every circumstance is great. 
And I, I don't think we ought to Pollyanna that and, and say like, oh, you, you just need to prefer it. And I think it's important if, when people understand, and, and for me, this was important to understand that I can not still not prefer it, but also I can accept it. And those be two separate things. Then um, I actually move forward in my life and it's really, really powerful and so that was important. And then also in that chapter, I talk about identifying the stifling what ifs in your life, which typically center around three. What if I, what if they, what if God? And um, those are just really questions that, that, are, that are circular, that are never ending, that we ask ourselves to sort of in our brain try to rewrite history. And we can't. And so... Um, I believe that the Lord wants us to move to a place of, of acceptance and saying, what now, what is, and what, what can God do with what, what is now? And, um, I, I think that's really powerful. It's also biblical forgetting what is behind and, and moving to what is ahead. I mean, these are biblical principles, not Lisa Whittle's ideas. And so that's why they'll work. And acceptance is one of the most important because it's one of the holdouts for many people, many people say, would say, Hey, I've, I, I feel like I've gone through a lot of the grieving process and I've gotten even this message since people started reading the hard good. I've gone through a lot of the grief and I thought, I, I wondered why I just couldn't really move on. And I realized it was that, that, that piece, that piece of acceptance. Um, and that's really helped me, uh, to go ahead and move on. And so I, I think it's really key. Yeah, it's one of the things you say towards the end of the book, um, I think is is so good. You talk about, um, well, you say it this way, it's hard to open back up a hurt heart, but it's harder to live with a chronically closed one. And so I want, I want you to explain that. You also go on and talk about opening our hearts back up again, really has nothing to do with other people, it has everything to do with how much we believe God. If we believe he has us, loves us, and can be trusted, we can live without the fear that holds us back. I mean, how does someone who's been hurt uh, begin to open his or her heart again? Yeah. Well, it, part of it is exactly what you said. It, it is trusting that God can manage our heart even when someone else mismanages our heart or has mismanaged. And I think that's super important. You know, I think one of the things we do is because humans are here around us, we can see them, we can touch them, and God is, you know, not uh, we, we, we attach ourselves to other people. We ask them to be to us what only God can be. And so in that process, we become wildly disappointed when they don't operate in the same realm as our sovereign God. You know, now that doesn't mean we live expecting people to disappoint us. What it does mean is we just don't ask people to do the things for us that only God can do. And, and I think that's a really important distinction. Um, it, it is, I, I've lived with my heart, um, at least partially closed. And I can tell you that the, the angst that brings the, 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 the bitterness that can bring on the skepticism, the looking over your shoulder and, and, and not believing anybody, not being able to believe the best about people. That yeah. is no way to live. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that don't, that live that way. You know, I, yeah. it's, it's, it's sort of like having a pulse and walking around alive, but not really living. And, you know, what a shame to have the, the privilege of being able to have breath in our lungs, but yet 
not being alive to our life. And so, you know, people will say, Lisa, can I live with a closed heart? Well, yeah, I mean, you actually can live with one. I've seen people live with one and you can go to your grave with one. But in the other sense, no, you can't really live with one. Not if you're going to be awake to your life. And you know, in, in this day and time when the world is so hard, and I'm sure like me, Patrick, you've heard daily from people who um, have lost someone they've loved, uh, you know, people, uh, it, it's just remarkable remarkable to me. You know, you yeah. can scroll Facebook and you can see someone else who's who's died today or at this yep. hour or whatever. And, you know, I think, boy, we have this gift of continuing to have life in our body. If if we're listening to the show, we do. And so um, I think the way that we honor that and we honor even people that we mourn is by going on and living uh, with an open heart. And in that process, we understand that people are people and they are human and they are not God. And so they will disappoint us. They will sometimes hurt us. And so we don't, we, we, we love them. We, but we don't ask them to hold our heart. We ask God to hold our heart while we carry on um, a healthy, open relationship with them. And, and it's just such a better setup that way. Yeah. I, I have thought, you know, so much over the last year, year and a half in particular, just about the cross and, and, um, you know, we've talked about on Root Like Faith before some of the different stages, if you will, of, of the spiritual life, of spiritual growth and, and that journey inward uh, that usually happens when, when somebody hits, you know, what, what some call the dark night of the soul or, or the hard, you know, hit trials, suffering, and you, you journey inward and you experience, you know, healing. And, and then we're not meant to stay there and, and we're, we're meant to then journey outward, but, but we start to love God and love others in, in a new, different, more, more profound way, more Christ-like way. And yeah, what you're saying is some people, they, they never make that transition, you know, and there are lots of people who, who cycle back to, uh, to earlier stages of the Christian life and, um, and, or in worst case scenarios, they, they become bitter and, and resentful like you're talking about. And yet what God wants for us um, in the hard is uh, to have our, our hearts transformed. And, and I have thought so much about the life of Christ and the cross in particular, how even uh, in his last moments, you know, Jesus is thinking of others and he's making excuses for those that are, that are crucifying him. Father, forgive them for they, they, do, they have no idea what they're doing. And I just look at that example and think, I am so far um, from loving like Christ. And uh, what a great picture, the greatest demonstration, of course, of God's love for us is, is the cross and, and uh, have thought so much about that. If we don't begin to turn to others in our suffering, then, then we'll become absorbed with our own suffering. And like you said, that's a dangerous place to stay. Um, what do you hope people will, will learn or know after reading the book? If there's one thing you could sort of boil it down to, somebody picks up your book, The Hard Good, uh, what do you want somebody to walk away with? I want them to know that um, it doesn't end with hard. Uh, and I don't even just mean the book. The book doesn't end with hard, but also life. If you know Jesus, life doesn't end with hard. It ends with good. And that's why this book had to be called The Hard Good and not The Good Hard, because it does not end with hard. It ends with good. And that's a promise. That's not a a bumper sticker. That's not a hope. That's not a, a whim. That is a promise 
of heaven. That is a promise of the word of God. And that's something that I think sometimes we forget. It does not end with hard. It ends with good. If you know Jesus Christ. Amen. No, that's so good. I, I, I want to ask you one last question and, and where can, where can folks go uh, to pick up a copy of the hard good? And are there places that you would point them to, to follow you uh, online or in social media? We're going to link to all of that in our show notes, but um, where, where should they go? They can go to lisawhittle.com. It's really, really all there. It's all the, all the book stuff, free stuff, podcast stuff, speaking stuff, other book stuff. Yeah, we've got it all there. Fantastic. Well, again, we will link uh, to the book along with your full bio in our show notes. And congratulations again uh, on, on the recent release of the book. And uh, just really appreciate your message and, and your faithfulness. Um, in your writing and in your speaking. And I, I know, I mean, who am I to, to tell you this, but I know that your dad would be incredibly proud of what you are continuing to do and, and what a day it will be when, uh, when you see him uh, again. And, and both of you will not only see each other, but you will look upon the face of Jesus together. I mean, we have such an incredible, beautiful future, don't we? Because of Christ mm-hmm. crucified and resurrected. And so I appreciate you taking the time to be on Root Like Faith today. Thanks so much. Well, friend, we are so grateful that you joined us for this fabulous conversation with Lisa Whittle. Don't forget, you can follow her on Instagram at Lisa Whittle. And her book is called The Hard Good, Showing Up for God to Work in You When You Want to Shut Down. If we haven't met yet, we want to get to know you. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwenk and at Ruth Schwenk or on Facebook. And don't forget everything that Pat and Lisa talked about today will be at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. Again, we welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. We would love for you to leave us a review or rating. That is a tremendous help to us as we spread the word about Root Like Faith. And be sure to tag us on social media when you do that. We're so, so grateful for your help in getting the word out. All right, friend. Well, we will chat soon and we hope you have the best week.